Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and escapee from Calton Wall Prison. I'm Nick Nolte, that's my name. Oh my God, here we go, starting off with that energy. Dandino's the prison rapist who escaped, so. <laughs> no, no. We'll I, let that jump I, land. I was very serious, I'm Nick Nolte. You can my hear it in my voice. My God, I'm a football man. I'm a football man. I'm a football man. I think these are the two worst Nick Nolte impressions. <laughs> we are not blue chip Nick Nolte impersonators. That is the facts. Uh, here we go. Uh, today's pod uh, is exciting. It is awesome. It is the end of our New Year's resolutions. Uh, given to us by old Patty Dandingo. Old Patty D. Came who I guess his New Year's resolution was to make us watch a Barbra Streisand I, joint. I le- I legitimately he was they were here for Christmas and I was talking. He was like, "Oh shit, I gotta I gotta come up with um New Year's resolution movies," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think I'll do the menu. The menu is good. And like it's like eat adventurously because we always try to do these sort of fun travel, ones. Like, lose weight. Classic, I was like, yeah. Dad, what would you do? And we were driving and he was like, Hmm, uh, I would say you should try to watch more Barbra Streisand movies and watch The Prince of Tides. I'm like, Are you just fucking with me? And he's like, Yes. I'm like, Well, that's all that's going in now for sure. So. Interesting attack from within, Patchy Dandy. I think, but- I, think per, I think perhaps it's more get your mind right. Maybe that was what he was getting to. Like, go see a therapist. I mean, I think this could hit a ton of resolutions, but like, if you're doing them wrong, yeah, uh, a lot of wrong that, resolutions. Before that, a little bit of business, people. It's official. We're on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/FilmAlchemistPod. Go over there for even more awesome Film Alchemist content. You get a vote on exclusive episodes every month. You get your commentary. You get your uh, Tales from the Crypt miniseries. We got all kinds of awesome stuff. You can even pick movies you want us to talk about. It's the best way to support the show. It means the world to us to have uh, anyone support the show. So for the group of you that do, thank you so much. It does mean the world to us. We see you. Thank you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Uh, the email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube is filmalchemist. We're on all the socials you're on, so reach on out. Talk to us. Spill your inner secrets. Cry on our shoulders. Stare at our legs as we counsel you. Go and play um, football. Or violin. My God, you're some kind. You're you're actually sound more like Hoggle from Labyrinth. I know, I know. It gets. Hoggle doesn't do nothing. I was doing. It, uh, we were watching it last night. I was doing it progressively for Andre, and she goes, "This is getting just worse." I'm like, "I know. I can't yeah. stop though." Like once it's just, you get into it, it happens though. But yeah. guys, also a quick thing you can do to help the show. Two things we're gonna do this year. We're gonna leave five star ratings and reviews on every app you listen to the podcast on. That's an easy, simple thing that helps us defeat the algorithmic. Uh, prison escapees right to be trying to ruin our lives secondly if you know someone who likes movies send them a dm on social media tag them in a post uh share it on your socials right send them, send one them of a our text headliners. and say hey you might enjoy this here pod uh that's we're gonna ponzi scheme this thing into a uh, big time this year yeah. that's our goal we're made off so thank sure. you yeah we gonna made off to the caribbeans with that dirty money so thank you for your help in this endeavor all right Prince of Tides. Uh, I was leery going in. I I, I want to say has I've all never of the hallmarks. seen this movie. Never seen. No, it. this kind of has the. Um, I don't know how exactly I would describe him. Right. I don't know if it's a, uh, a code, a creed, checklist, whatever. This had like six of the things that immediately are going to make me turn like yeah. never watch 1, a movie. One thousand percent. 
like right on front street. I was like, oof, that poster. Oof, that cheesy ass. By the way, I love the, the score of this movie as cheesy as it is. It occasionally in somber moments sounds yeah. exactly like the Hellraiser theme, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay, but neither here nor there, right? Streisand, Nolte, romance, flashbacks. I was like, this is like all things that are not going to work for me. Yeah. Except for Nolte. I fucking love Nick Nolte. Yeah. But I was actually in the audience when they filmed Blue Chips. That was a big thing for us. Uh, Shaq, my favorite player. That was a big movie for us. I got to say, not bad. Not bad. It, not that bad. It, it is. It is. Um, It has the the temperament of a poor house guest. <laughs> it's just coming in and taking what it wants. This movie is minimum one hour too long. There is a time when I pause and I'm like, oh, man, we revealed the dark secret of the family. They're in love. Right. All right. I was like, this got five, ten minutes, right? I got to get some uh, exercise in before bed. Nope. I pause the movie. It's like 40 minutes left. Fucking hour long. Also long. So other than just the, the, the fucking audacity of Barbara Streisand directing thinking that you need all this other shit that is a sin that is hard to escape of this movie sure but overall pretty fucking well-made movie i mean it's i've seen worse movies for sure like it's absolutely here's the thing like that's a long list i know literally nothing about the prince of tides apparently it was a book but right. the way that it has it, very book energy yeah the way it transpires sort of reminds me of like so this came out in 91. So if like you ever flying or if you ever flew in a flew during the nineties, like this used to be the thing is when you're on a long flight, you go to like Hudson news or whatever those fucking newsstand things were in the airport. And you buy like a trashy romance novel. It's the kind of shit you find at the grocery store. Prince of tides. That's, that's what it felt like. That's the, energy. that was a Fabio cover book. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, well, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's a Fabio cover book. Like it, Suck my crusty tan nipples while I smoke on your face. That's the cover. <laughs> I'm sm I'm smoking for my children. Relax. I was dying laughing. So I was like, we just don't have that version of no. like leading man anymore, where you see him and you're like, he's just on that precipice. <laughs> yeah, of this looking was also... like a like a desiccated ball sack, right? Like he's so close to being yeah, gone. Like this is '91, and this is probably at the very tail end of Nick Nolte being handsome. Like he's... Can we just address the elephant in the uh, decade? Yeah, that sure. Nick Nolte at one point was People Magazine's sexiest Straight man up of the sex year. icon, like without a doubt. It's I grapple with that because one, Mark one for the good guys. Because like I said, he's a guy who you can just tell. Mm -hmm. You're like, he had it, and then he smoked it into oblivion, right? <laughs> like, if the cancer didn't kill him, it kills the good looks. Like, For we sure. all, when I was young, I knew all these men in my life that, and women that were smokers. Right. And, like, by the time they got to, like, 60, you're like, dear God. Yeah. Like, they should use those as, like, I the don't smoke like commercials. I feel like the last time we all were collectively like, dude, Nick Nolte is hot as shit, was, like, 94, when I Love Trouble and Lorenzo's Oil came out. And then... Yeah. The thin red line you, was like was, the, the 48 hours was too racist. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, like pretty much like his sweet spot was like, like set like 80 to 94 was like the sweet spot for Nick Nolte being hot. And then the cigarettes took it over. My dad would have mouthed him after blue chips. Yeah, because Nick I think Nolte was I think most Nick, dads would have mouthed him. Right. After blue chips. That's when my dad's like, I don't approve of this kind of lifestyle, but. 
right? Like my dad's still that way, but that's like the one yeah. man. Cause he, he shadowed Bobby Knight that season. I use yeah. legendary coach. And Nick Nolte was in the room when Bob Knight started throwing shit and did the, I'm sick and fucking tired of losing to fucking Purdue. He did that legendary rant. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Nick Nolte was in the locker room for that because he was shadowing him for blue chips. My, my, gran <laughs> my grandfather. My dad would have fucking literally done the like. Argh. Oh, yeah. My gran so my grandfather coached high school Manliness. basketball. I, thankfully, my dad would never listen to our podcast because he would drive up here and swing on me. My, grandfa my grandfather coached high school basketball. Like, sweetest, most, like, mellow guy you can think of. Loved Bobby Knight. And the dichotomy that's, that's of that Indiana decision. That's an Indiana dad thing. That is an, yeah. Like, that is specifically Dude, Indiana. That motherfucker got fired for essentially choking students, yeah. being a piece of shit to everyone. Like, me and my friends almost drove down from high school to, like, riot at IU when they fired him. Like, he was like a cult leader of this state. Oh, yeah. He was a big deal. Like, but we're not here to talk about Bobby Knight. Way, we're here we're not to talk about, about blue chips. We're who the about fuck finds Nick Nolte to be the sexiest man alive? I mean, when was he the sexiest man alive? When was he determined to be the sexiest man alive? What year 93? was Ninety-three? Okay, so that's, like, at the tail end. That's the back half. That's... That's like post Cape Fear. Was this Cape movie Fear. directly responsible for that? Well, it's in no. This, I mean, that's after Cape. Like he did this and Cape Fear, I think, in the same year. Like, he he was a he was a titan of sexuality at one point, and then <laughs> the first article that pops up, Nick Nolte colon what happened in 1992 <laughs> sexiest man alive 92 okay so that's right in between he he did this movie okay if you look at the cover it is pure prince of tides okay nick nolte like prince of tides nick nolte dude is he's the wearing glasses and like a gray t-shirt with like must up boris johnson hair right right he's like like it's not the same that's like saying like the 90s were the best era of basketball when they were like essentially like wwe fighting versus the three pointers of today <laughs> Like, these are different universes for Sexiest yeah, yeah. Man Alive. Like, Prince of Ty. Yeah, so this version of Nick Nolte is so... This is the version of Nick Nolte that I think we all want to remember. This is like the I was almost Han Solo version of Nick Nolte yeah. that we all not want Not long to. after this, he kind of fades, and then there is the mugshot. Yeah. But this now was he's like, back. Yeah, now he's back as kind like of. an older gentleman who's very, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, he's an elder statesman thing because he did... Yeah. He did Warrior, which was awesome. Because now Nick Nolte would get cast as the shrimp boat dad. Yeah, for movie. sure. I mean, <laughs> now, well, let's be honest. Yeah. Now he is the shrimp boat he dad. He forgot that the Prince <laughs> of Tides comes in and goes out. <laughs> but yeah, so this, I, I don't know about you, but watching this movie felt like a real analog for Griff's feelings towards the coastal elites. Like, <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same. I'm yeah. a man of a man of the people. You're a man of the deep people. Buried family trauma that leads me to make unhilarious. You're a man of the people. Constantly. The minute yeah. he would got to New York City and started yeah. doing that voiceover about I can't stand this town. That was like I was like, this is Griffey. Griffey lives his life like this. <laughs> yeah. If I had a sexual kink for throwing a football at someone and then rolling around on the ground with them, <laughs> this is me as a character. Yeah, right? Yeah, this like is, this is this, this is you. Is so close. <laughs> I'll tell you what shocked me, man. Uh, I don't know if Barbra Streisand's like in the bank now. Oh, for well, this okay. This is like, like she might she might be in the bank now, dude. I was fucking. Cause I mean, if you're my age, right? I didn't. I don't think I've ever seen a Barbra Streisand thing. Right. I think she was in like an ensemble comedy as an older lady. I've probably seen her in stuff, right? Yeah. My first exposure to Barbra Streisand was 
South me? Park annihilating her. Yeah. As she became Mecha Streisand. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, it's just I like, think- oh, that's an old lady we make fun of. Dude, I got to tell you. Yeah. I got to Our- tell you, dude. And maybe this is because she's the director. So, like, that's where a lot of the budget and soft-ass backlighting went. Sure, sure. Kind of, it's, I might, it's hitting your vibe, It might huh? be like, ding, achievement unlocked. I might be in, dude. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Look, this is- Like, may enter the Pantheon. I'm fucking- There's that scene when they go to, like, their <laughs> slow, gross sex cabin. <laughs> where, like, he's just sitting in the chair, and she's just, like, curled up on him. Yeah, what the hell? I I, I had that to take a few minutes so off from my walking steps. No. <laughs> there is a power to that. Very like the women I normally look at, you couldn't do that with because the chair would break. But <laughs> you know what I mean? I was in. There was something about that that was. There's. I think. I think Barbara Streisand has entered my. Okay, that's fair. Or at least her in this movie. I, I have no other reference, but like. I mean, this is the Streisand, kind of crazy thing. Is like this is yeah. Nick Nolte and Barbara Streisand probably. And she eats fucking chili dogs like she's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, she's pretty cool. <laughs> but mm-hmm. This is like. Mm-hmm. This is Barbara Streisand truly like her and Nick Nolte are kind of like this is the last this is like the real last like plateau before they both essentially become Hollywood elder statesmen, which is a terrible thing to say because like she wasn't that old. But like Barbara Streisand was because we grew up with very specific Barbara Streisand. We did not grow up with like stars born. That's what that's what scared me. Is I was like, is this like when all of our moms in the early 90s went to the mall to get glamour shots? Yeah. I think she has glamour shot lighting in this movie. She does. I mean, dude, they lit her perfectly because that's like, she's... I mean, it's it's glamour shot lighting. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, but she's in there. if you're going to direct your own movie, dude, give yourself the give glamour yourself, shots. Yeah, give yourself the glamour shots. I'm not directing Human Centipede 2 and making myself a caboose. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? You're not the middle. Yeah. Yeah, no, sure. I'm going to be the cop who likes leather jackets and jumping over things during a chase. Exactly. That's going to be me. She's, you know she's I mean? doing her job as director by making her. I'm getting that makeup awesome. artist who did the abs on the 300 if I <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I would do the Streisand, but right? But I'll say, I'll say this. I haven't about talked the movie. about the movie. So, I have to say this about the movie. So, like, it's a very simple thing, which is just like Southern guy, He his his sister is basically committed essentially he comes up to new york sister tried to take her life kills herself so she is put in a hospital right and he's going up to be her memory as barbara streisand says he's gonna fill in memory gaps to the therapist let's just start here i am a sucker for old southern recollection movies right sure you know this is like a genre it's like this the green mile stand by me is kind of like that great i I'm a fan of those movies for the most part. Right. This might be one of the most wandering narratives. Because your driving force is this I man mean, whose family's crumbling. So he's going to go just like stay in New York for what seems like a shockingly long time, considering he's not a medical professional. He's right. got a phone. He's right. Here's right, but we're thing. not we're not in the, story, we're ninety one still we're landlines. The story is just using this suicide as like a prop. Yeah, and we give no time or respect to the sister's point of view. No, right. This is all about Nick Nolte. He comes up to save his sister, who he assumes is just going to kill herself as soon as she gets out. And the first things he thinks he's like, "Oh my lanta, I got to put my dick in this therapist." <laughs> right, like <laughs> that's the journey we're on. 
And then once he like helps cure her, it's like here's another fucking one hour, right? So he of him and Barbara Streisand like dating. So basically, what? well, here's this is my other problem with like this recollect because I agree, like I love Southern. Yeah. I think Southern recollection movies are great. The recollections were awesome, awesome, better than anything in the modern. Truly movie. buried the lead on the most important recollection, which again comes like with forty minutes left in the movie. Like no I don't pun see, intended, no I don't, pun intended. Yeah, no. But <laughs> it, but no, that's why that being like your start end of the second act moment, perfectly fine. Here's what I'm saying: we don't need um, Bernard at all. Her her comes of a son, right? That. I fucking here's the thing: the meandering. Let's talk about the meandering. Let's talk plot. about what this sequel would be called, and it's we need to talk about Bernard, Prince of Twinks. <laughs> no, we need to talk about Bernard. Gigantic school shooter energy with Bernard. <laughs> So right when yeah. he gets there and he realizes like, oh, shit, I have to face all their high school kids that they bring in because we're a rich private school. And Bernard gets eliminated because he's not fighting a 60 year old man yeah. in sweats. He's like somehow not. So he's not on the he this like football team thing. His dad won't let him try out so he doesn't hurt his uh, his his, fingers. his violin hand. Yeah, that was cool. me in college. I had to protect my fingers. Oh, God. Stop. I was like Percy and of mice and men. I had a little joke. <laughs> not my skiing, not my skiing digits. <laughs> not my skiing digits. No, it was. Uh... There's going to be a wave of antidepressants at Ball State if this hand isn't in its loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an epidemic for the ladies. No, I mean, but... yeah, Bernard again, like. Massive school shooter energy. Meandering is a good way to put it because, like, they really just, for one, you could do this in, like, literally an hour. It could be an 80-minute movie because all you really need. Dude, this could be a one-man show. Yeah, these these psychotherapy sessions they have coupled with, like, the daughter and then uh, effeminate George Carlin, which was weird. Um, Yeah, so George Carlin plays, like, a gay family friend. Gay neighbor, yeah nothing to address George Carlin being in the movie. Talk no. about how they know each other. It's George Carlin. That's it. He's here in the movie, but like, there's so much about like this side plot of him falling. Like you can fall in love with your therapist okay. while you're in the session. What you just you said, any of this stuff. that should have been the Prince of subplots because the plot of the movie is this man grappling with his past, He's like as he's trying to save death. his sister, who is not a character in the fucking movie, which right. seems his twin sister, which seems important. And then subplot is I want to fuck Streisand. Yep. I want to wrestle her son a bunch. I'm going to have a row with the father. Right. And then I'm also getting divorced and my wife's fucking a hippie. Yeah. And I'm a dad. It's like this movie is literally just all subplot. Yeah. And it, it just says, you know what? It's sad that that lady was a rape victim who tried to get murdered or, or uh, who tried to kill herself. Eh, she doesn't need any screen time. Yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> like maybe those two and the mom seem like they have the, a lot to unpack. You know what's interesting? Been- there is this like 90s thing to it. And this is like, this is like a really specific, because now this is the kind of movie we'd be talking about is like, why the fuck do they relegate this character who went through actual trauma? Like not only right. trying to, like not only, like well, had convicts that, try to rape her when she was a child, but then on top try, of that, specifically did. Not only that, but then she like tries to kill her. She tries to take her own life later on. Like that would be a major plot point in a movie. They strap her down to not, a gurney. That's the plot. 
That's right. the plot of that movie. In the movie, that, but here's the thing: in a '90s movie, because we have to do this like steamy romance thing, we strap her to a gurney and be like, "Well, oh, we're done with that story. We'll be good." It's the weirdest there, there, thing. There is a base level strangeness, right? They are, they are odd bedfellows, for lack of a better word. <laughs> doing the we got raped as children with man, I can't wait to cheat on my wife. Yeah, as I, as dual narrative. My wife with three children. My wife. Yeah. With, my wife with three children. So Blythe Danner plays the wife, and when he goes home to see her. <laughs> The first thing I swear to God, I don't remember any other dialogue exchange other than Joe Cleveland wants to marry me. Like what? Well, no, because Rick she Cleveland, has that thing whatever at his the start, is. right? They're, they're like obviously having problems. But before he goes to New York, yeah, they go out on the beach, and she's like, "We're in trouble. We need something." And he makes a joke. He's like, wah, 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 wah. and he's just you know smoking and doing like weird sprints on the beach, right? And she just looks at him. She goes, "God, you're pathetic." And so we know something's wrong. Like, he's fucked up and pushed this lady towards a hippie, right? Right. That's how desperate you know she was. Yes. Uh, so he he's fucked this up. And then he runs away and gets to New York and immediately is just like, damn, I want to stick it to that ginge therapist. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's a like an aggressive right away thing. Yeah, but that's like a, I'm immediately going this way. Well, because also I was like, is he so traumatized that he can't be near women? Yeah. Or are we just using that as a convenient excuse that he just hates his wife? Because <laughs> it seems like within about one and a half sessions, he's down. He's ready to yeah. just, you know, fucking I take mean, her to the I you limit. feel that energy pretty much from the start. Like, I'll say right. this. This is like a really, and this isn't even in the end. And that is like, not just generic, like, Southern cocksmith no, energy. No. Like, That's like a full just, on. Like, yeah. they do a good job of having, like, it feels it feels intense in the moment. It's very good. I mean, again, Nick Nolte and Barbara Streisand just have chemistry. Like that's like that shit you can't necessarily teach on. That just shows up. Honestly, on I felt like they had none. Mm-hmm. I didn't research it. This feels like a. It came out. Oh, they despised each other backstage. I think it's that they but both see, represent a specific niche of horniness. See, like to be honest with you, that's like. That's half of chemistry right there. Like when people have you ever noticed, like besides probably like besides probably like, I don't know, like Nicholson and Shelly Duvall, who didn't necessarily hate each other, but just like weren't friendly. Like most of the time I bet they had great sex, dude. Most of the time people who like despise their co stars seem to have like prodigiously decent chemistry on screen. And that's because like that's that hate fucking thing you do. Like you're just yeah. like I hate this person enough where I'm going to like outact them, and it becomes this thing because you're like they're good enough actors where they're not going to chew the scenery; they're just going to act the shit out of the scene. It's, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, it's uh their scene when they go to the cabin like post coital. Oh God, on the that on the, is as on the, on the are you talking about uh, like by the fire, like the actual cover of a novel. Yeah, he's like, yeah, let's yeah. go up, and it's like, you dropped, you you broke a dozen eggs. I don't care. I don't care. And it's like, this is so bad. Yeah. Like, it's it's so unsexy. It's, it's somehow. So, there's a lot of, like, gross kissing shots that never manifest. And then again, he's like, hey, come out here. I'm going to pretend you're your son and wrestle you with the football. And I was like, that's this guy's kink game. Can I ask you a question real quick? Because there was something that I – because. 
yeah. again, halfway into the movie, when we start doing the Bernard stuff, where he's totally going to become a uh, yeah. school shooter, but we're not there yet. Good thing he taught him football and not archery. That's right. Before we get to like, <laughs> before we get to basketball diary status for Bernard, my question is, did I miss a beat where, because, you know, obviously I've watched this movie, but I was feeling, did I miss something where it was determined that Nick Nolte's character was like a football expert? They had mentioned he was a coach. They didn't really go into it. Okay, so um, it was because I thought they said he was they, a coach. At the, at the start, but I didn't know they if it said been he a was plot. a coach. He's like, I'm an English teacher and a coach, and I was like, ah, blue chips, right? And then it was I knew football. he was a teacher. I didn't know the coach. The, the coach thing I thought was like, oh, it's like the way my high school worked, which was like, yeah, yeah. Well, the football coach is also the sort of a teacher. They're doing, yeah. What is he like? I think that I think that's part of the dick game. He's like the calisthenics coach, pretty much. Like he's not. There's... Well, his plan is, hey, you put on full pads and tackle my old fucking nicotine filled ass to the ground. That's stupid. In a movie where they keep telling us this guy's actually smart. Yeah. Also, Bernard doing his in and out drill. Bernard's gonna get fucking CTE. Yeah. Like Bernard should just fucking keep to shredding. You know what I mean? Like, he's in the fucking Bill and Ted book report and not play football. He's going to get CTE. It's going to be bad. But, again, it's just all these fucking diversions that do not help the story at all. Like, does him winning over Bernard matter at all? What I was asking myself, I, mean, I was like, you know when that scene would have been awesome? Is when he goes home. Yeah. And his oldest daughter's like, are you guys having a big fight? He's like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. And they're... You know, she's like, you're not fooling us. And he goes, oh, my, what am I going to do with all you smart women? How about give some of that Bernard energy to her? Talk to your own daughter about why your family trauma is manifesting again. Right. Don't fucking give it to school shooting Bernard. Give it to your daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he goes home and it's like his wife's like, hey, come to bed. Go fuck your wife, dude. Yeah. Like, do better it's a things. Very, again, like. The motivations are very muddy throughout the entirety of the film. Like, not hers, because clearly this guy sucks and he's like a violinist and hates his wife. But, like, he has ostensibly a fine life. He lives by the ocean. They go shrimping. And, you know. Yeah, he must have had some kind of exceptional teacher salary. Yeah. Like, he's got beachfront he's got property. Boat, and can just take, like, three property months in, in South New York. Carolina. He's, like, yeah. got Nick Saban money. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's yeah. weird. I wrestled everyone's teenage son and earned this house the hard way. Um, it's so strange. The whole it's just setup a, of it. But this is the thing. The movie is meandering to the point that it dares you to turn the film off constantly. Yes. But then you'll get these wonderful scenes. It's kind of like a, a proto-Sopranos, right? Very much Where you so. get, you know, the Tony and the Melfi. Yeah. The therapy scenes in the flashbacks are so really compelling. good. They're really very good. fucking like the scene when um they flash back, right? And the, you know, the dad's screaming about dinner. Yeah. And the mom has this kind of line in this moment where she's or no, this is later, right? But you know, she's screaming, she's like, they just don't know they want me yet. Right? That's kind of the mom's like damage in the movie. Right? At the one the other one, she goes, um, they just don't know they want me yet. And then she, you know, she goes, um, you know, the world doesn't know this yet, but I'm a pretty incredible woman, right? Right. 
And so you see her kind of deficiencies, right? That now she's passing off on her own children and this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that shit is very compelling, right? The dad always trying to fight and giving them the dog food, Luke, right? So it's kind of these ghosts of characters past. Yeah. Because we see the mom now and she's just this vapid rich wife. Yeah. Right? We The scene where they go on the shrimp boat with the dad, mm-hmm. that fucking scene rocked my world. It's really good. It's a really, like, because to that point, you have this, and this is, like, again, this is a strong bit of directing here. Is like, to that point, you have, like, this sub- very subjective point of view of the dad from Nick Nolte's perspective. We're all like, what a prick. And then when you see him older on the boat, you're like, so the last thing we saw was Luke pulled a gun on yeah, him. Yeah, like blew up the TV. Because dad was going to, yeah, he didn't want to come sing happy birthday. Yeah. So he's fucking smacking mom around. He's about to hit them all, and Luke blows up the TV and says, now you can sing to your kids, you son of a bitch. Yeah. The so, next thing we are is on that boat. On that boat. And it's like, again, it's this really, it's you that really beautiful oh. moment, man. It's hard. It is, but because he he is a, a hollowed out. Yeah. He's a shitty, a shitty person. And Nick Nolte is just kind of looking at him, right? Like this, holy shit, this could be my future. Yeah. And there's this great fucking line where he looks at his dad, right? This shitty fucking dad. And again, I love I love the kind of subjective changes in reality in the movie too, right? Because mm-hmm. we are seeing the past as Nick Nolte saw it. Right. So the dad is bigger, scarier than he probably was, right? Definitely. Real so he's tweet. a little like big bad wolfed up, like you know, bad guy. Of course, but everybody looks you're, bigger when you're, when you're a young. kid. Oh my god, the scene yeah. when he's yelling at Nick Nolte at the start, right? He goes, "Are you gonna cry? You're gonna cry?" And you see Nick Nolte's character. No, but his his eyes are tearing up, his lips quivering. That's very powerful shit. If you've been a kid who had some abuse like that, yeah. Um, or if you're a dad now who's constantly afraid of passing that on to your own children, um. This movie has a lot of those kind of powerful and recognizable moments. That fear of, man, I had some bad dad experiences, right? Yeah. Does that mean that I have that in me, that I'm going to fuck this up? And when he looks at his old man who is now softened and withered, right? He's essentially a nothing. And he Because at the start of the movie, he even says, he's like, he probably could have been a good dad if he weren't so violent. And now all of that youth and rage and whatever is hollowed out of him. And he goes, those girls really love you. Right. And the dad fucking looks at him. And you can't tell if he doesn't know what to say or if he cannot process that quote. And then he just says, did you see the Braves lost to the Dodgers? I feel like that, that love and that emotionality, yeah. he can't. I feel like it's a little a little bit of both. Like in that moment, too, it's like one of those things where it's like you have to reconcile with who you were and then right. who you are now, which is, you know. You well, know, you, when you're, you understand this, right? Like your dad yeah, was a, uh, like a, a nice world class guy, right? My dad is a our, very, very nice my dad. our ge- our dad's generation still had that like I'll give you something to cry about attitude. Yeah, I think my right? my kids like curl up on a couch and they lay on me and snuggle. Yeah. Like never in my Same. life did I snuggle my father. Like not once. My dad grew up like my my grandfather. My dad was, was there to like set the law down, right? Yeah. And, but like, see, just like, don't have any reason for him to come at you. That was kind of like my childhood. Well, my dad just had different reasons. Like, my dad had very different reasons I will not get into on this pod for being the way he was when we grew up, right. when we were growing up. But more to the point, for me, this 
for me, this man who sees like, because you think about like how Nick Nolte is with those chill with those kids, mm-hmm. he sees that. It's that like to me, it's just it's just regret. Like you see a character who's just completely regretting so much about what they did. Like, oh yeah, I laid down the law, but what else did I do? Like I've had this, I've had this happen with my kid. Like not that I'm like you know not singing happy birthday and like needing someone no, to shoot but a... you you yell you make yourself big you stomp right. towards them well you just and like you, you see that little face of like ah yeah it's, it's like, like this it's like where's the line between authoritarianism and being yeah. a dad and like it's very i think Dude, being you yeah. know everyone no one's i'm three and a half years into this no one could have more no one can tell you how this works because each one of these no. children is different but it's the classic thing right sometimes you will react yeah. And you'll see their faces, and you'll be like, "Oh, oh shit!" Like I, I picked, that I picked that up from my dad. You're like, that was how he dealt with me, and I remember how it made me feel, and I'm passing that on. Yeah. Um, but this is this is the thing the movie does really well is how this stuff just it becomes the these touchstone bad things in life, right? And there are other movies that talk about the good ones, right? Where like these good moments in my childhood have led me to this moment, right? Right. Um. But the way this this trauma is just passed around from these people and how it becomes a shorthand, right. like when he's yelling at the mom at the end. So the mom married this rich guy who smacked Nick Nolte for whooping his son's ass. Right. Right. She ends up marrying that man. So he still has to see that guy. Right. Yeah. Who smacked him. And that guy, you know, that's not the worst thing. If someone beats my kid up, there's a chance I would want to smack them, too. Yes, for sure. Right. Compared to the other things we see in the movie, that's not a great set. Um, but you see the mom, right? And at the end, he's just giving it. Like, Nick Nolte hates his mom. as He says it's one of his favorite activities at the start of the movie. And he blames her for all of this shit, right? Yeah. And again, in that childish way that he can't understand how she is internalizing her own shit. Mm-hmm. She has a small husband who doesn't appreciate her. He doesn't want her to do anything, who beats her up. And that's her reaction. She wanted to get out and move up in class. And, you know, did she make all the right choices? No, but you're a parent now, right? Like, someday our kids are going to look back and be like, you fucked this up. And you fu-. and we'll be like, fuck, I didn't know, dude. I tried. I tried. Um, you know, and then he gives it to her. He's like, you know, she's like, you spend too much time looking in the past. And he goes, do you ever think about Luke? And it's brutal. We'll get to Luke in a minute. But she goes, who taught you to be so cruel? And he goes, you did, mother. And it's fucking eviscerating. Yeah. Because there's just this, you just, some of these things, it's just they're baked into every moment, every look, every sentence. Um, And then he even says to her, he's like, right? Like, I learned that even though someone almost ruined your life, you can still have love for them. Yeah. And I thought that was a very poignant line. I mean, and again, as weird as as weird as Nick Nolte is, and yeah, we like have a lot of fun with the voice and that kind of shit. Like, he's a really good actor. Like, it, there's oh, he's fucking amazing. There's in delivery movie. in this movie that's unbelievable, and like mm-hmm. he never like just everything about everything about what it is that he does in this movie, which could be like if you look at it through you know the daytime soap lens, maybe you could say it's overacting, but. I really well, think it's just like the, the opening is grating, right? Where he's like doing like the dad jokes with his daughters. Yeah. Like it's and very you're just like Nick Nolte. Shut the fuck like up. If you want to talk about like lacking chemistry, Nick Nolte with children is like 
there's just well when he just jumps on the couch and he's like who wants to sit on dad's lap there's money involved i was like nope nope that's 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 a bad thing (laughs) that's if you heard that at the family reunion you're 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 grabbing a baseball bat i'm calling the cops (laughs) yeah like like it's on it's all the way on we're gonna take our shirts off and fight in the street world star (laughs) like no doubt about it absolutely um so yeah him with kids bad bad right very bad. But when you look back later is that he's this over the top afraid that it'll happen again, trying to mask all these things. It it works, right? He he is fucking wonderful in this movie. He's charming, he's suave, he's funny. Um but then you get to those moments, right? Like when he's dressing down his mom. Yeah. Uh the moment when he spills the tea to Streisand. Uh like that is like that that's Nick Nolte. Like that'll be in his like. I'll tell this you the, is why he was such a great actor. That's yeah, the scene I. I'll would tell show. you the line that it was like that in the press conference from Blue Chips. Those are like the Nick the, Nolte moments. The line that he gave that I was like, and it's not just because it is like kind of shocking. Because again, when it happens, right, it's buried in the movie. And when it happens, so, like at no right. point prior to the scene happening, do we have like any inkling that that kind of shit went down. His sister kept saying this word, cold, colon wall, colden wall, right? Yeah. And Streisand's like, what's that? Well, I don't know. And then later he's like, I have to tell her, right? Because yeah. this is dredging up all these memories for mm-hmm. him. When they he... were they were home without Luke and without the father. Yeah. Dark, stormy night kind of thing. But maybe dark, stormy morning because the dad just comes home. And anyways, we'll get to that moment in the scene. Yeah, yeah. These, these three escaped convicts break into their house right and brutally attack the family yeah they sexually assault the mom and the daughter and he's like they were calling out for help but i i i didn't do whatever and she's like where were you and she starts pressing him dude and you find and honestly the way they they the way they shot roll it in the images of trauma without making it grotesque pretty it was it was um, so much worse to be honest it's slimy you. though when that guy's like whispering into his ear right like tell me nothing like, like fresh meat yeah um it's devastating when and you just watch nolte when they cut back you to can nolte tell and it's, he says, it's like hollowing him out but he's yeah. trying to keep they, his like when they cut back oh. to nolte and he just all he says is like i didn't know it could happen to a boy like that shit oh. that was like god damn dude holy shit it was you know the line that killed me though is when uh, he said, when I saw Luke, I think that was worse, right? Like, yeah. that was worse than what was... Because that's the the hero he had, right? The older brother that shielded him from all the bad stuff. Right. And you get into this insidiousness of the crime, right? Is that he saw his older brother looking at him in probably horror, but he took it as like, look what I did wrong. Ah, it's fucking devastating, right? And then, yeah, Luke shoots the guy. The mom stabs him, and they just decide they're gonna bury this family secret. When they don't tell the dad, and he's just on his bullshit while they're yeah. eating. And that's what he said, right? The silence was probably worse than what had happened. Right. He's like, "Mama said it was over. That was it. We never talked about it again." Um, you know, when mom just, just wanted like, the secret kept so that she could still be kitchen society. scene is Ugh. so loaded, man. It's just a shot too, and it's and it's got that. And it also you has see that mom trying. You see dad bullshitting. You see the kids like, 
Oh my god. Well, it also has that like early morning amber lighting too, where you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like it's like, oh, everything washes away in the light of day. Like Jesus. It's so brutal because it's supposed to be this family dinner, and you're like, I know that guy sucks, but something so much worse than anything that fucking guy ever has done just happened, and no one wants to talk to him about it. Yeah. It's uh it's devastating. It is. It's un- it's and horrible. Then- um, and then you watch him in the real world, right? Yeah. And she starts kind of pressing on him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that make you feel? How does that make? Because she said this earlier, right? And he's like, no, I didn't cry when Luke died, whatever. Yeah. And he goes, what's the point? It won't bring him back. And she goes, but it might bring you back. Um, When we get to that moment... It's it's so hard to just watch him like finally crumble yeah. and fall into her and it it I just think- kind of gets back to reminding you of these fucking victims of this crime, right? Yeah. They just keep going and they have to invent these mechanisms to just survive every day knowing that at any moment the worst thing you could imagine can kick your door down. It's a weird. It's fucking. But then he pairs that with the story, though, when he talks about how the mom had a stillborn baby. Right. And he's like, you know, his sister went out and dug it up and they found her just holding the baby. Right. Yeah. Because, again, she sees that and she's like, there is no safety or justice for the innocent. And it's, it's just got these wonderful fucking like, images and, and kind of moments to sit and think about how right. scary this world is. At and this section of the movie is like, you're again, that was that was the point. I was like, Jesus Christ, what else could be left in this movie? And yeah, and then they're like, hey, do you want to watch, you know, Streisand driving on down to Poundtown? And you're like, right. not in this format. Not really. Not really. Not after yeah. that. <laughs> like, now I will see it in my fantasies. Yeah. But-, <laughs> but it was like one of the... but. It's just weird to pair like a, I can't wait to bang with this heavy of material. Like, this is a heavy, heavy moment in someone's life. Like the whole bit is this movie should be about a woman who tried to kill herself and her brother who's trying to bring her back. And like, well, with it's the brilliant because it's the twin brother who compressed it. Yeah. Right. Hides from it. And then her who can't get over it. Seems pretty. I mean, there is a part of it where you're like, it's kind of nice that like Nick Nolte worked through it, and he can still have like a healthy-ish sure. relationship. Well, and that's like that's but the totally that's that it is. You ever do those like those fucking things where they put you in like the gyro ball at the fucking circus and they slingshot you in the sky? Totally, yeah. that's what's happening in this movie a lot. Yeah, and, and then I'm like, ah, oh, Streisand, look at yourself in the mirror. Let's fuck. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, right? You're like, oh shit! Now we're talking about like a dad who smacks his kids right. around. Well, what's interesting like, too is, is like it is it is a this weird. Is, but this is jostling. the thing that I was like trying to grapple with. Really, was they're trying to they they have all these like flashbacks, these serious moments. Like this guy is really going through it. Obviously, his family has been through something crucially terrible, and him and his sister uh, don't, don't know how to process it properly. They right. try to pair this with this like that foot like the bernard stuff and then with her husband who is like this bitchy violinist and then they yeah. go to this this dinner party where he like threatens to throw his violin off the roof 
Well, he like, like, he's like, I'm going to show the football coach by playing Dixie right in his face. Yeah, he plays Dixie like, in his face. I'm like, so you're just going to play him pass music from like, his childhood? Ooh, yeah. You really got him there, huh? Is that East Coast alpha male shit? <laughs> like, ha Yeah. Does he think he's a snake that's going to find the nearest cousin and roll on him? Like, what is his plan It's one of those, like, it's an interesting thing because, again, I've never read the book, but in the movie, because of what we're seeing in these therapy sessions and these flashbacks, this kind of stuff, which I guess you could say maybe is trying to give us this, oh, this is uh, like this redemption for Nick Nolte's character. Of like, oh, he sees another shitty dad and he's trying to do right by another like someone he sees himself in a little bit. It's so haphazard that it kind of falls by the wayside. And really, this movie is just like, can you can we just watch him fuck? And that's the end of it. Like, I don't understand yeah. why we have to go through any of this. Yeah. <laughs> and can it be better like, if we're going to watch them fuck, can we see some, like, moves? Yeah. Let's see. Right? It always we don't have to be dropping eggs always and break. We don't have to be spilling liquids all over the counter. But, like, yeah. Can we see some stuff? It doesn't have to be nine and a half weeks, but we are always post-coitus <laughs> in, these, in this I movie. mean, nothing should be nine and a half weeks or that showgirl scene. Like, scroll no. it back. But, but like, nothing... we got to see something. We just we, what we have to do is that as, that scene when they come back to the house and he's like got her from behind up against the wall. Yeah, I feel like their kissing is like boring for like three minutes. As a collective audience, and this then is the what, next morning they're just eating. Doesn't this this feels like a Barbara Streisand directing thing? Is like as a collective audience, what we have to understand is a Nick Nolte is a fucking powerhouse apparently. Tom Wingo can really yeah. throw the pipe, lay the pipe. Yeah, he's really laying the pipe on a lady who hasn't been laid in a decade. And, clearly, and the last time she did it was by a fucking fiddle player. Yeah, and clearly Lowenstein is sexually repressed because she's dating, like, this yeah. touring fiddler. Oh, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, like, his new, like, his amour is like, oh, smack my ass and call me Charlie. And he's like, I can't. It's my fiddle fingers. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you think that guy's ripping it up? No fucking chance, oh, yeah. dude. No, no, not a chance. I mean, that sex could have lasted 30 seconds. Nolte's all sweaty and out of breath because he's a chain smoker. And she's just like, dear God, I forgot how great that Dude, was. Dude, by I'm the in. way, yeah, his stamina for, like, doing an absurd amount of – something I always wanted to know about Nick Nolte because, like, he smokes in most of his movies. Is that just in his – is that just in his contract? Because, like, a lot of the times they don't let sm – like, actors who smoke, you would never see them smoking in a movie. If you're the lead of a movie the size of Prince of Tides, you can tell everyone to suck your hog. Like, I was, well, I was just thinking, like, this is like a 90s thing, is like, because... Also, we used to like seeing smoking in movies. It's, well, there's also it's, it's this, like, like, right now, particularly because of, like, Marvel and um, yeah. Avatar and these bigger movies, there's this debate now that's like, do we have movie stars anymore? Like, is Tom Cruise the last movie star who can top bill a movie... And that that movie makes money. I mean, and honestly, I think it's Keanu Reeves. I think so too. But like, he's the only guy about that age who's getting franchises. Right. That I mean, John Wick is a superhero, but but regardless, what I'm saying is the like ground. the '90s was that time where people's names were above people's like people's names were above the title of the movie, and that's what brought people to the theater. Right. Like, well, you in the '90s, our like parents, in '89, Batman our parents came didn't out. Live for fun, right? No. We're a generation that were raised on cartoons and video games right. and owning toys. Right. So we are, by nature, a more childish generation. Sure. So, but, but I was talking about this with my friend with video games. When I was a kid, you had to make video games that, like, you would buy for your kids so they could all play together, right? Right. Now my kids are like, we want 
your Xbox, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right. And they're like, we want to play Halo together. Oh, you can. It's only one player per screen. So then they're like, Dad, you should just buy us two Xboxes. And I was like, hold the fuck on right now. Like, bring it down a notch, right? Yeah. Because now we have grown into these old men with money, right? Less of it than we want, probably. Right. But enough to fucking waste on Vigia games. Well, I don't know if you... They make their money on games that are not for kids, right? Well, I don't know if you used Movies to have gone this. the opposite direction. Like, we would... Like, particularly when it was the win- like around this time... When it was winter, we knew we were going to have snow snow days at some point. So if we got a whiff that there was going to be a snow day, we would all hole up in someone's house. We would grab like three TVs and everyone would bring their Xbox. And then we'd if someone had like one of those master splitters. Yeah. So we'd have like a 12-person game of Halo going on in yep. someone's house. Like, I was in the dorms when Halo came out. Yeah, we'd have the routers and the yeah. fucking Ethernet. The one that just everywhere. goes all the way through the cave. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Like, like idiots, we didn't realize all of our rooms were on a shared Ethernet network that we could have just done that. Right, of but course. but like yes. of but what, what I was getting at was like this was that time where you could still reason I bring yeah. this up because Nick Nolte's smoking. Our parents wanted to go like, out and watch grown up movies. Well, you want to go see well, it's not even that. Like you want to go see a Nick Nolte. Oh, Nick Nolte's in that movie. I'm gonna see that movie. Like now I think they want to go see an epic romance movie. Sure. But what I'm saying is like I'm speaking strictly to the fact that Nick Nolte can pull off smoking on camera. And no one says like, right. it's like completely conventional is because they're grownups nineties. We just sort of let it happen. Yeah. When you are letting grownups do grownup stories. Awesome. Love yeah. that. The problem is, is now everything that makes it in theaters, right? Like what were the big successes of last year? Uh, reboot top gun Maverick made yep. a fucking ton, mm-hmm. right? But again, it's kind of like a big genre movie, right? right? We had a couple horror movies, right? Smile. Smile, Barbarian. Barbarian, Black Phone, Black. Skinamarink just made a lot of money for how yep. small it is, right? It's genre shit. Right, right. Or Avatar. big fucking superheroes Avatar. Yeah. That is what the theaters are chock full of. Sure. There are not a lot of chances to go watch A Prince of Tides anymore. Well, I just don't think those movies, those movies don't exist because people who, because it's our generation now because the last time those movies were like making bank in the theater was like when we were in high school and college and nicholas sparks movies were just exploding like every month we had a fucking nicholas sparks movie come out but even those are so genre they are almost their own thing like this is that weird like like this and bridges of madison county there were like these big adult it's the same thing these adult romance drama things this is what it is though is like every generation has this and now our generation has like we put them all on streamers which is fine but like that's really like what it is so like no but i just i hate hearing these fucking idiots being like oh scorsese's wrong it's, no marvel has strangled yeah the no. cinema pipeline because i'm not that's getting what makes well, money i was not what i was getting at what i'm no, saying I, i'm is, with you i know what i'm saying is is that we don't have this kind of movie or these kind of like we have this caliber actor, but these guys go and do it like on a TV show. Like they're supposed to be developing Prince of Tides into a TV series for Apple TV. Apparently, I can't imagine a I thing I would cannot, want less. I cannot imagine a series. My God, yeah, no, I mean it's sad though. Like even this movie's an entertaining, fun enough movie, right? Sure. I I do I do yearn for the days when we could actually have interesting just adult movies that aren't genre right like they just do not put these out to big audiences anymore 
right? right? You might get like a week here. You get some small theater run. But yeah, like you said, these are like if you find it on a streamer. Yeah. Because but this movie's just about, it's like a recollection of yeah. times past, right? It, it feels like you're you're getting a peak into just this like a, kind of movie a life now, life. Well, and that's what's interesting about it going to like a TV show. Because that's what, that's what these kinds of things are. Instead of right. it being genre movie, it is a streaming television series that's strung out over eight episodes. Right. And that's really yeah. like what, because like I can't tell you how many times we've talked to people, you and I collect, like, alone and collectively which is they write something that's not necessarily a genre and immediately they're like can you adapt it into a tv format everybody ends up having to do that i had a friend write a i had a friend write a movie and that got him an agent or they got him an agent and the first thing the agent says like is there any way you can make this work for television format um because that's what really sells right now that's what i know we're going to be able to sell this wasn't going to work as a movie but i can make it sell as a tv show like that's really where this genre, quote unquote, which is like this romantic drama thing. That's really where this has gone to is mm -hmm. television now, which yeah. is weird because it's like, I don't know. It's just a strange, such a strange time. You would never see this movie now, but no, I mean, essentially, yeah, if it's in the theater, it's, it's a horror movie. It's science fiction. It's superheroes, bad guys. Aliens. I'm trying to think like, when the last and then if, the you're, if you're in my theater seen. and you're lucky, Regal shows a lot of uh, cool Indian movies. They do. Yep. So, like, you could see, like, a grown-up movie there. But, yeah, I'm just thinking of having the argument that Marvel movies are grown-up movies. Those are fucking kids' movies. And does that bother me? No, I watch kids' movies all the time, right? Kung care. Fu Panda is a great movie. I don't argue with people that because I don't go into a coma and drool on myself watching it that it's grown-up fair. Right. It's just a well-made story for kids. Yeah. Like every fucking Marvel movie. Avatar is kind of a movie for no audience, um, except for people <laughs> who like to just lay down for a long time. Um, you like taking naps? Great well, it's movie. It's like too aggressive for my kids, but like too childish for me. It's in a weird fucking gray zone. Yeah. I think it's really just for people. It's like, hey, man, do you wish you were at like fucking King Kong 3D ride at Universal all day? For three day? hours? Here yeah, it is. You got that. But I was just like, this movie is fucking so stupid like not to shit on everyone it's gonna make like two billion dollars yeah. but avatar 2 is a fucking stupid movie yes it's a stupid rehashing of part it's the exact same movie as for part one which was the exact same movie as fern Gully. i got into an argument with someone the other day about this because they were like did you like avatar i'm like it was fine like once yeah. you get 30 minutes into the movie and past the video game stuff you're like oh shit this story is not interesting like none like, like not at zero. all. They're like, do you care if Jake Sully has to learn about Walda? And what? I was like, what? He doesn't know about Walda? <laughs> like, we have Walda on Earth. Like, what's happening? It, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, hey, what if we just brought back all the characters from the last time to hunt down Jake Sully? I was like, well, I thought maybe something would have I happened. Maybe I mean, we would do anything yeah, else, but you know, he's a dad now, a shitty one apparently, because um, all he does is not be around his kids who are constantly creating mischief. <laughs> all right man fine yeah but no it's just like hey do you like avatar do you want to watch fucking three and a half hours more and not push the story forward an inch have we got the tale for you <laughs> and it's just like yeah stop telling me how beautiful it looks i understand yeah if you made the bread the best cake right you used your fucking you know your mirror glazes and your fucking whatever the fuck they talk about on great british bake-off but the three feet of cake masked in this beautiful shit was just piles of turds. <laughs> I'm not interested in taking a bite. 
All this it, to say, it's like, hey, would you think it's cool if Jake Sully raised the guitar player from Corn? It's like, what are we doing? This is such a fucking insultingly stupid movie. All this Neither to say, Barbara Streisand is now in Griffey's Spank Bank, and that is an important thing to point out. Dude, if I could Avatar into fucking 90s Nick Nolte and get at it, for sure. There you go. I don't need to be taller and that or blue. is the lesson you learned from the Prince of Tides, my friends. Yeah. That is the lesson. I want to spill my guts to Barbara Streisand and then rep guts back to back. <laughs> that's what I'm working toward. I think that's all you can really say about I the just want to have a grown woman who tells me that Avatar's as stupid as I think it is. That's what I'm looking for. God willing. You know why Avatar failed me the most? Is <laughs> because the movie ended Not and even I asked my anymore. son, I said, hey, what'd you think? My son, every time we go to the movies, he comes out and he goes, like we saw Top Gun Maverick. He's like, I think that's the best movie I've ever seen. Says it about almost every, we saw Bad Guys. I think that might be the best movie of the year. Every time we saw two movies he's hated in his whole life, Eternals and Avatar 2. Because he goes, Dad, he's like, it's a not good version of part one. And I went, James Cameron, you fucking failed me. Yeah. You fucking failed me. <laughs> I, I actually argued Imagine with Imagine if he put that much detail into making The Abyss again. So I told I told somebody like my logical pro- like I'm like there are logical inconsistencies with the plot for this movie that bother me a lot and like it took me out of the movie. And hand to God, my friend said he's like I don't think you're supposed to think about it that much. I'm like there it is right there. You've yeah. literally just pointed out the problem. Because it's for fucking children, not 38-year-olds to tell me it's a philosophy lesson, you fucking dipshits. Neither here nor there. If it's you fine. loved Avatar, I'm Listen, glad for you. If you, you loved Avatar, it's fine. Hey, Griffin and I will go make Kierkegaard's Avatar, and that'll be Why that. do they need to make more Avatars? Ripley told us what to do. Nuke it from space. If all you want is fucking whale brains and unobtainium, which you mine, nuke the fucking shit out of this place. You know what doesn't make more unobtainium? Blue people and nature, right? You know it'll be fine if you wipe the fucking face of the earth with this? The water creatures. You can still go hunt some down. Right? Steal one of them. Juice. If you can make avatars, you can catch it's one whale. Anymore. You can catch <laughs> one whale. You can genetically clone it and get that fucking yellow splooge from anywhere. They can make avatars. They can just make the whale brain juice. It does not make sense that that is valuable. Guys, it's stupid. Free yourselves. <laughs> I'm Listen, like Morpheus and you're Neo. Free yourselves. The important thing here is watch the Prince of Tides. If you got watch the fucking Prince of Tides. Yeah. <laughs> Dig up that childhood trauma while you have an erection. That's what the Prince of Tides is offering. That's all. Yeah. One more grown up movies in theaters. That's fine. Uh, but still go to theaters and support Dr. Strange in the therapist from Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it, guys. We will be back. You guys know every February is the month of a moor on the pod. So we've got uh, the pod tells a love story. Uh, it's going to be a good one. We have awesome movies for next month. We have awesome stuff on our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. An ever-growing library of awesome titles over there. We're going to add more. We're catching up on some good stuff over there. You can make your voice heard. Get your vote in. Commentaries, uh, polls, Tales from the Crypt miniseries. If you want to revisit Tales from the Crypt with me and our good friend Cloud, um, it's a good time over there, guys. It means the world to us if you could support us again on patreon.com slash Pod, the YouTube Film Alchemist, the email Pod at gmail.com. 
Uh, we're on all the socials. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. I'm sorry for what I just did about Avatar 2. I'm sorry. What I'm not sorry about is watching Prince of Tides. Yeah. I'm same. a little sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just saying Prince of Tides doesn't have galactically huge plot holes. Bye! <laughs>